Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Cabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the elders, their wisdom, their knowing, and my own elders and teachers. Welcome back, everyone. Imagine feeling like you really lost yourself at the start of motherhood. Perhaps you did. Perhaps that is exactly how you felt. But imagine then being able to turn that experience not only into something that truly transforms you, but then goes on to inspire others. And not only inspire others, but also educate them and the next generation. That's what the two mamas in today's episode have done. Mary and Jessie are two mamas who found in their own way the beginning and the experience of matrescence challenging, but what they have done since by creating a beautiful children's book is truly inspirational. I know that you will get so much out of this interview and please Have a look in the show notes for the details of when the book will be published and make sure you share it far and wide. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Mary and Jessie. Thank you both for being here taken us a few minutes to get this all up and running but we are resilient mothers and we got there in the end thank you both (laughs) we sure did (laughs) we did Mary I wanted to start with you this podcast interview as I explained in the introduction is really the story of both of you and how you have now written a story for children and mothers and so I want to hear from both of you how this came about. And so perhaps if I could start with you, Mary, and share your experience of motherhood and how it challenged you and brought you to this moment. Oh, it's a loaded question, Amy, but yes. <laughs> um, I came into motherhood after a really long um, sort of journey to get there and What my thought process was, was once I became a mum, that was the end goal. I got there, right? Hooray. (laughs) Give me the gold star, give me the medal, I've done it. Um, And I thought sort of everything after that would be quite simple, quite easy. Um, I'm a teacher, primary school trained. I thought that having my teaching skills would come come in handy as well and sort of it would all just mesh together in this beautiful um, 
experience of motherhood. Um, that is not at all what happened. Uh, my beautiful daughter came into the world. I had a very empowered pregnancy and birth. I really planned for that. Postpartum was not something I had even thought of. It was not on my radar at all. I can safely say that I, I, didn't, I didn't put any planning into that end at all. And after about that two-week mark, we went into lockdown and my daughter woke up. And, I mean, she woke up. And, yeah, having a very unsettled vocal baby, I mean, the only benefit of it was hubby worked from home for nine solid weeks. Um, so I got sort of extra time with him at home. But every other bit of support just completely dried up. And I ended up with an oversupply, breastfeeding, had a, having no idea that oversupply was even a thing. So I had a very gassy, very very unsettled bub and the crying became extremely triggering to me and I think for the first year I sort of um brushed over a lot of it because this is what I wanted right this was the end goal I got there hooray like this is I've got her I'm holding her in my arms and like of course there are such beautiful moments mixed in in between um but I think it was by about the 14 month mark that it really hit me that I was completely depleted. I was not eating well as well. I was breastfeeding constantly. Um so very nutrient deprived, very sleep deprived and well we all know <laughs> the cycle that that can lead into quite quickly. Um but the reason we're actually on this podcast today is because at about the 8 month mark I sort of really started to search. I needed help. I needed some kind of um answer to what I was going through I needed to hear something different because I was feeling so incredibly stuck I would sort of look at other mums and think oh they've got it all together why can't I just get it together and um I came across Dr Sophie Brock's work I was on a nice walk with my daughter because often I would just pack the pram for the day and we would go for big long walks um, and we're down at the walking track and you were on her podcast um and the word matrescence pops up light bulb moment of going hold on a second there's a word I've never heard of this word before and um, my daughter had fallen asleep and I sat on a bench on that walking track and I just I cried I sobbed for a very very long time listening to your voice in my ear I don't want to get emotional because like I mean I'm, it's not it's not where we're at now but I just remember so vividly that moment of going matrescence that's something I can latch on to that's something I can anchor in on and then after that, obviously, it's not a quick fix that everything changed overnight. Um, we still had sleep issues up until, um, you know, she was a little bit over two. I think we just started to get sort of a bit more solid sleep. Um, and then, yeah, I was just researching and I thought that's the word I need to look at. And then obviously, you know, you get you follow those little breadcrumbs and then yeah. I meet somebody like Jessie in Dr. Sophie Brock's membership. Um we sort of start chatting, we start getting along, and then a couple of years later, you know, we birth an idea together. So, yeah, it's a really As powerful, correct. And sometimes I think it was so horrible to feel that low and that lost at that time, but it's really led me to where I am now and why I'm so passionate about mothers realising that, you know, we, we have so much to give, but we can get so much in return as well. Like we don't just have to constantly give our energy out. So, yeah, that was a little bit of me. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've heard that story of mothers, completely depleted mothers on a walk? Because it's the how ironic, first of all, is it that the only thing we can do to get some peace is to walk and walk and walk and walk, and walk when actually what we need is mm. sleep. 
And how many have heard the word matrescence either from me or from others on that walk and have stopped on a bench? It actually makes me emotional too Mm -hmm. and cried because I remember walking and walking and walking with my first and there were no podcasts and there was no matrescence talk yet. And I can only imagine what that is like to land on that bench and know, oh, my God, this describes everything. So you described that beautifully. Thank you. We're going to come back to what that has now led to in a moment. But just before we move over to Jessie and hear her story, what what did that start for you, this realisation of this word, of this insight into this um, understanding of what you're experiencing? What did that give you? I think the biggest thing and what I always say is um, self-compassion. So I don't think before I became a mum I even knew how to show compassion to myself. I mean, I was a teacher. I could show compassion to my students. I showed compassion to my beautiful baby who was having such a hard time but I never extended the same compassion to myself ever. I was, I mean, I got brought up in a way too where mums, you know, like we could do it all. Okay, and this is, this is the role model of mum that I had. You could do it all. Cook, clean, do it, do all the things. Have your kids dress beautifully every day, put together. You were always put together. You never cried. You never complained. You would just smile and say how wonderful everything was and just get on with it. And obviously my experience was not like that at all. And yeah, showing that self-compassion was really the first step for me in saying, um, you know, my daughter's important and that's, of course, that's a given, but I'm really important too. Mm -hmm. And I have worth here as well. And even the way you said you didn't even think about preparing for actually being a mother, just becoming a mum was the end result. Again, it's so ingrained in that assumption that what happens after you birth the baby will become will come to you easily and naturally and you'll just nail it because that's what we do and that's what everybody else around you has done. Even in that lack of preparation, it shows us how little we understand what it actually takes from us to be a mother day in, day out. Yeah, well, I mean, no one prepares you, right? You don't know until you're in the thick of it. And, I mean, I know when I'll go second time around, I will think much more deeply about how, I think about my postpartum but at that time yeah no idea I had no no one to kind of look at and it's really sad obviously when you just said about having no podcasts and things to listen to that would have been harder again because they were my lifeline podcasts became my lifeline memberships became my lifeline social media became my lifeline whereas before I had thought what's the point of social media I don't get it but then they were the life rafts and that's what I was that's what I was trying to hold on to yeah. Mm, so true. Yes. It, we do live in an amazing time. However, I'd also like to acknowledge that you did birth during a pandemic and go through that in the pandemic. So there's different flavors of struggles. I think we all end up trying to find our way in whichever way we can, but I cannot imagine, although I didn't have life rafts of podcasts and online communities, I had my physical community as much as they could do. And i really think it's important to acknowledge what happened when for all the women who birthed during that time yeah yeah crazy time when you look back hey I mean you could never have picked it I would never have thought like I would never have thought falling pregnant I was so excited that it would end sort of there you know 
you just, anyway, that's okay. We don't need to get upset. We've, um, we've moved, I've moved through a lot of this, but it's obviously really raw emotion. And I mean, I talk to mums all the time that have such similar experiences where I think, I, I just, I often think of um, homes being these little satellites and a mum could be next door to me doing the exact same thing and feeling the exact same thing as me. But if I were to see her out on that footpath and she would ask me, how are you going? I would say, fine. I'm great. How are you? You know, off on another walk. <laughs> and yeah, there's something really beautiful for me about thinking about joining those satellites together. Um, that, that's sort of what I think a lot about because we're yeah. all in it. We're all in and it. And I yeah. think it is really important and thank you for being vulnerable in that moment around the emotions around pandemic parenting. I, um, as I said, I really don't think we've acknowledged yet what it has done to the women of that time and the unique experience that they've had. And I think like that compassion you show yourself when you hear the word matrescence, there's compassion that everybody is now listening to this with for themselves and for each other because they've just seen in your words, yeah, it really has affected us. Um, And the way to bring all those little satellites together is to not say, I'm fine. That's we have to pretend, we have to stop pretending. I'm sorry, we have to stop pretending. Thank you. Okay. And so in this amazing experience of following the breadcrumbs of one podcast leads to another conversation, leads to Dr. Sophie Brock's membership, leads to a connection with Jessie. Yeah. Hey, beautiful. Hello. Welcome, officially. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. So what were the breadcrumbs for you to connect with Mary through this experience? How did that lead well, I guess, to this connection for you? Yeah, I, um, I guess the start of our friendship is um, how Mary described it in Dr. Sophie Brock's um, membership. And over COVID and lockdowns, because we live four hours, four and a half hours away from each other, And over that time, we just continued to, you know, share vulnerably with each other and be able to talk about so many shared experiences of becoming a mother. Um, As that time went on, I sort of one morning just into my head popped the mum who lost her expression. And that was the original working title of the story we've now written together. It has obviously evolved to something much more empowering um, around the mum who found her sparkle, which we actually got our community to help name, which was so incredible. But taking a step further, further, further back (laughs) um, for me, um, I, again, so similar to Mary, planned for the birth. Um, I had been so incredibly excited to fall pregnant. It was a 17-month journey um, of infertility for us to get there. Um, I had had um, a condition where that because of stress and anxiety, my brain wasn't allowing my body to ovulate. So once the source of that stress was um, alleviated, three weeks later I was pregnant. Um, But it's a story for another time. But so when 
I had my baby. I won't go into detail, but it was a very traumatic birth. We, my partner and I, had moved back in with my mum whilst we were renovating and building. And my mum, you know, we love each other so much. But when I look at the way that she um, mothered, it was very much um, about tasks being done, things work, things constantly being clean. And, you know, she was very busy. She worked full time and then did everything at home. So there was no space for any balls in the air to, to drop. Um, and so I never saw her do anything for herself as a human being um, unless it was a household task. And so having that, you know, experience that growing up, those were unconscious for me at the time, but those were those ideals, those beliefs I had about what it was going to look like and I guess you know I bring this baby home and I love him fiercely but I'm just so disconnected from myself um, from a traumatic birth and I didn't I didn't resonate with where I all of a sudden was in the world within the first couple of weeks I think there was some really sort of key things said to me that really did need a lot of unpacking further down the track. I had a family friend say they had come to meet the baby and nothing to do with me, just come to meet the baby. And she said to me, yeah, you don't matter anymore now. It's all about the baby. And I remember copping that on the chin at the time and kind of going, hey, yeah, you know, of course. But I think that really set the scene for what I um experienced after that I I um I lied to GPs I said no I was fine I was fine I wasn't I I had personal personal depression and anxiety for much longer than I originally had thought um and it wasn't until about nine months postpartum that I even asked for time for myself outside the home and I remember I went and sat in a cafe and I wrote and wrote and wrote and that was when I could start to feel my fire coming back. And I think around, you know, around that six-month mark, I had a beautiful friend because um, Mary and I hadn't met yet, Anna Kuzak, who I believe you know. We actually um, birthed at the same time. We were real in-person friends. And she introduced me um, to Julia Jones and then Sophie Brock and for me to be able to see that this social construction that I was living in of motherhood is set me up to fail and that I was important as a human being, not just because I was a mother. And it sort of really led me to, in a really sort of condensed, you know, way, just explore more fully what you know who I was and so it was a catalyst of moving away from the good girl and you know a good mother and just coming back to what felt good for me um and that really led to because I've now had my second baby a little girl February last year 
and leading into that pregnancy, that birth, I did all of the other things I didn't do. So I got a postpartum doula, Anna. I got, um, I organized meals. We let, we moved into our own house at that stage. So I let, we let go of the things, the tasks, whatever got done, got done. Who gives a shit? Sorry for swearing. Um, but <laughs> I also planned for my creativity in that fourth trimester. And I put together a project that was called 90 Emotional Days. And it was about each day journaling, taking a photo, doing whatever felt, what I felt I needed to do just to, to honour my, create, my creative self. And that led to breastfeeding art and all sorts of different things and just a whole new level of trust in myself and confidence in who I was. And at the end of that, it nearly feels like right at the end of that fourth trimester, this idea came to me. <laughs> And I said to Mary, I've got this idea for this book. And I just started um, rattling out this, this concept. And I, we've, list, we've gone back and because it was in voice notes and we've gone back and listened to it as part of our Kickstarter. And just to hear those initial exchanges between both of us going, yes, yes, that's exactly what we need to write about. And this is exactly the conversation we want to be having more broadly. And um, so that is a very condensed nearly four years of um, my experience of matresses. And it's, yeah, it, it's um we we adore this book. We absolutely adore this book and this story. Um so yeah, that's a really So tell us the story. What is what happens to this mama in your story? And um without, you know, full spoiler alert if you want to save a little bit, but what do we also mean? What do you mean by sparkle? Sparkle. Um what well what I'll go back to the beginning. What um is originally happening. So what's happening in the beginning of this story is that the readers, you know, mums and dads and children, they notice that um, this person, she's she's flat, she looks lost, she's not really in the same sort of vibrant colour as everyone else. And what happens is we see in the kitchen sparkle leaving the body of our mama um, before sort of around the time all this is happening and the children notice that and they ask her about that and that then starts this this journey of finding sparkle again it's a very quick version of it <laughs> oh that actually that actually brought tears to my eyes already this idea of this mama, the colours not being so yeah. bright, of these little bits of sparkle leaving her at certain times and that people around are noticing. Yeah. Oh, that is a very, very powerful And image. what we wanted to make. Yeah, sorry, no, Mary, you go. Because there's more. You explain no, this. No, like, yes. on what we want to highlight. <laughs> I know because there's so <laughs> much in it and I think that's what I was going to say. Yeah, being a primary school teacher, I've read hundreds, if not thousands of picture books to so many kids. And I know the power of them to actually unlock meaning. That's a lot deeper than just going, oh, it's a little picture book for kids. Um, sure, there are picture books like that out there, but ours is definitely not 
um, not like that. There's a lot of depth and a lot of layers. We have thought really deeply about what goes on to every page, hence why it's so hard to work with an illustrator to try to get what's up here onto a page. Um, sometimes we wish we had illustration skills so we could do it ourselves, but um, she's doing such a wonderful job. But because there's so much meaning sort of intricately woven throughout each page, um, our kiddies are going to love it. But mamas are going to get a lot more depth from it. There's going to be a message that will resonate. And it might look different for every mum, but sort of like the core essence meaning of the book will be felt by mums as they read this to their kids. Yeah. And yeah, I I see the power in that and I see the beauty in it. And I also acknowledge that like a picture book is short. We read them to our kids all the time. What a great way to engage with our kids and engage in those discussions around sparkle. And sparkle being really accessible vocab and language to draw our kids in because, you know, our kids can lose their sparkle sometimes as well and we can figure out what they need to get it back. Yeah, it's all sort of intertwined, interconnected. So I think that's what we're most excited about. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so hard to explain sometimes. No, you've done a beautiful job explaining it. It kind of reminds me a lot of those amazing Pixar movies that we go and watch with our kids and the kids get it on one level and the parents that are sitting in the audience are sitting there going, oh, I am getting this, yeah, on a totally different level. And your kid looks over, like my children are are so used to me crying. Um, That sounds like not cry, but I just cry about everything. I'm just an incredibly emotional person. (laughs) And so my kids will often look at me like, you're crying right now, mm. mum? Like this is a funny part in a kid's movie. And I'm like, no, you don't get mm. what they're actually meaning. So what a beautiful gift that you have given these mums who, as they're reading this, can also see something for themselves. And we it. wanted to make sure that the the loss of sparkle comes across um, as something we need to address urgently. And it's not that we're saying that we don't... Um, that we shouldn't feel our feelings and that it's okay to feel sad because all of that is true and we most definitely, you know, build that to our sort of values. But when it's because of, you know, maybe depletion or not looking after our own needs, then we need to address that as serious as if someone's broken their leg. You know, it's it's really aiming to elevate um, and contribute to that discussion about mental health. So that was something that was really important for us to to represent as well. And how do you frame it then that it doesn't frighten or worry the kids that mum's sparkle is gone? How do we have these conversations um, that we can talk about these things without making them worry about Mm, it? What a great question. I think just personally in my own um experience with my children we very openly talk about you know feeling sad and that it is okay and that we all feel sad sometimes so uh, yeah I think for me it goes hand in hand with those conversations of helping name emotions and modeling for our kids what it looks like to to sometimes to really have to talk about, you know, why we're feeling sad or just mummy needs, mummy needs a moment. So I think it just really just helps add to that conversation of, you know, um, of us all being able to feel, um, feel our feelings and that's okay. Yeah, I think as a teacher too, obviously my expertise is working with young kids. So I know how important it is to build that foundational Mm -hmm. knowledge 
Um, like we don't have to shy away from it. And a really beautiful example currently is like my grandfather passed away a couple of months ago. And me, when I was brought up, we used to kind of hide from death. It was a, we didn't talk about it. And I've got my three-year-old very much, right? We were shielded from it. Oh, no, uh, we're not crying. Everyone's okay. Everything's okay. And there was no understanding of what death was. I, I didn't. I didn't, get, I didn't understand what was happening. So now with my three-year-old, we've talked about it in depth um, and she asked constantly about it and she actually was upset the other night saying, will, will you and Daddy die one day? And I said, well, one day, honey, but we'll hopefully live a really, really long life and our bodies will work for a really long time before that happens. But these discussions are really important and I know when I told my mum that story, she said, oh, should you be telling her this much stuff? I feel like it's too much for her. And I said, no, I'm really... Um, I know, I know the power of those conversations and I know how powerful it is at three to understand, you know, death in that way. So spark was the same kind of thing. It's understanding that, you know, mum, we're we're constantly going, we're constantly, you know, sometimes I joke with my husband that I feel like a circus monkey, always sort of on, I've got to be what's happening next. I've got to jump that way and do this. Yes. The constant mental, all the things happening. And if our kids can understand the idea that, you know, mum's kind of a little Mm. lost at the Mm. moment, I need to do X, Y, or Z to get that sparkle back to feel that oomph again, Um, they know that. And then I hope one day my daughter will say things to me like, oh, you know, mum, I'm feeling like I've lost my sparkle today. Could I do this to try to get it back or to feel better? And, like, if that's the beautiful thing. It opens up these discussions and these conversations that I just never had the chance to have as a kid. Mm. even now we don't we don't talk in depth about this stuff and I'm like I need the meat of life yeah. I need the depth and I want my daughter to experience life like that as well yeah yeah yes the more we destigmatize this the more we aren't afraid of the conversations mm-hmm. and I think it is very much a generational mm-hmm. change that we do bring these things to the surface losing your sparkle is not something to be scared of or afraid of it's something to talk about openly and so we can get it back and then as you said then when they grow up and they feel that they're going to be able to ask for help and what I also love about this so much is that it's showing that and I I often reflect on this in my own motherhood experience I didn't see my mum as a woman until I was almost a mother myself you know she was Mm. mother in the box in with these emotions with these capabilities Mm. with that and I didn't ever think of her as someone who really lost her career while we she was raising her daughters and really struggled at times in her marriage Mm. and had these different experiences Mm. and I think again there's a beautiful opportunity for us to be showing our children that, yes, I'm a mum, but I'm also a woman. Yes, that's your brother, but he's also a boy who needs yeah. this. You know, we're just breaking down all those barriers, aren't we? Yeah. and I Well, we're all human beings, right. aren't we? That's the key. We're all human beings that are feeling the full spectrum of life and emotion, mm-hmm. and no one's exempt mm-hmm. from that. Uh, nobody's exempt. So we all go through mm-hmm. it. And, I mean, what... I just think what a powerful thing if a whole entire family understands this and kind of works to build on that communication and you talk about these things openly. Like what richness, Mm -hmm. like there's so much gold there. There's just so much richness and depth there. You know, I get excited thinking about the questions my daughter will be asking me when she's 12 Mm -hmm. because hopefully I've Mm -hmm. built that curiosity 
And that yeah. sort of that driving her to stay curious about the world and to ask all those questions and to feel all of the things. Like it's just well, yeah. Trust me, as someone who has a 13 and a 15 year old and has been doing this since they were little, you know, no topic off. Yeah. Um, no subject off topic, nothing to be afraid of. Um, you wait. The questions that come, oops, they're good <laughs> yes. ones. Well, I know where to find you, Amy. I'll be, I'll be calling That's you right. <laughs> That'll be another podcast. We've yeah. already had poo at the dinner table deep. discussion. I'm assuming it's going to get much deeper than that. <laughs> It's much deeper, trust me. It's coming. But that's what we want, yeah. right? We want brave conversations. Absolutely. That's what the world needs. And the other really Absolutely. beautiful thing that we really loved um, representing in this book is the absolute beautifulness in these little moments, these little moments that we experience. So, you know, whilst maybe in the past we would have been rushing from A to Z, you know, this ability to stop and be present and, you know, enjoy what is happening with our children in that space. And one of the things, and this is why I thought about this, because one of the things that Mary and I would constantly say to each other is, there's no rules. We can do whatever we want with this book. There is no rules. So what? <laughs> so one of the parts of this book um, is going to be, um, I guess, some activities for families to explore together and it could be documenting what brings each person sparkle or something they did together that brought all of them sparkle um, made them all feel a bit sparkly and giving them an opportunity to kind of scrapbook that so to take photos or to write things so to have this beautiful little time capsule of that moment wrapped up in this book too because yeah so I thought oh, that's I love that. a really yeah lovely that is so beautiful. We have mamas jumping into our DMs all the time with a picture or a little story about how they found their sparkle today. And for me, I can't tell you how much that lights mm. me up for, for a couple of reasons. Yeah. The fact that they've, they were present enough in that small moment of time to go, hey, yeah. I'm feeling myself here. And second, that they thought of me in that moment yeah. or they thought to share that with us um, is really powerful. Um, you know, we're, like Jesse said before, we're not downplaying the hardship of motherhood. We're not downplaying how, how incredibly tough it can be. But like if we can just shift our perspective just a bit and focus in on that play and that joy, mm -hmm. it can really start to shift a lot of things um, if you're doing it sort of consistently and you're noticing it a lot more. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. how nice to be thought of in those moments. Yeah. It's a beautiful sort of like legacy that we're starting yeah. to build here. It's, yeah, we're excited about that. <laughs> and it brings to mind the satellites that yeah. you spoke about before. And I think the last thing I wanted to ask you in this conversation is the community that you have gathered and are still gathering and how important that is to, to feel like we're doing this together. I'm not in my silo. I'm not in my satellite, satellite behind the closed door, totally losing my sparkle, feeling like it's just going out of me every day instead of coming back in again. Mm -hmm. And to feel like there's others around searching out this together, you do it with your family in the book suggestions, yeah. of course, but also this is the power of us speaking our truth is we then get to do this together. Tell me about this community of women. We do you want to talk about Sparkle Tober? Because that's my that was my all-time favourite thing that happened oh, last year, I think. We did. Um, so in the month formerly called October, 
we transformed right. into Sparkletober. So what that was about on our um, little Instagram, we invited other mums to share either on their own Instagram or tag us them doing things that um, made with their sparkle, you know, that made them feel very sparkly. And we had mums, you know, doing things like on their laptop or on the swings with kids or dancing around the lounge room. Mary was a keen dancer. And we (laughs) (laughs) and we did that throughout the month of October. And it was just the most fun just seeing all of these people who just resonated with this message so much, just sharing these moments, you know, publicly or privately with us. It was just wonderful. It was just And I think the biggest the biggest message we got was that See, sparkle is different, right? What you would do, Amy, to find yours is different to what Jessie would do, is different to what I would do. So me, yeah, I'm a dancer. You throw on some music, I'll have a dance party in the kitchen now that my daughter can't hear it anymore and she sleeps through it. I can be as loud as I like when she goes to bed. I know. You don't understand how liberating that is. I do understand. I I do. I used to be terrified of a creaking floorboard and now I can have a whole dance party without her hearing a thing. But see, that, changes. that's it. That lights me up, but that might not be something you enjoy doing. Or, and that's completely yeah. fine. It's finding and tapping into your own sparkle and uncovering your own, for whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, and that's the exciting part. We, we, just get to, we just get to engage with mamas in a fun way, right? Yeah. Like making motherhood it's fun again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But with a very serious um, message on like, you know, this is what I love about what both of you are doing is that that you're connecting it with the kids, you're making it accessible for mums by reading a book at night, you're inviting others around her to realise what she might need by bringing that list together, you're changing the way the next generation see their own mental health and sparkle. I mean, this really is, it's like the sparkle movement. My work is the matrescence movement. <laughs> you guys are at the sparkle movement. It's just beautiful. Well, make sure I spa- sparkle sober will come around again soon, Amy. <laughs> it will. We're going to get Amy on board. And she just said sparkle t-shirt. Where we are, we've got some things in the Love works, merch. Amy. Don't you worry. <laughs> I know I can be the I can be an official you know unpaid sparkle ambassador yeah. for you. Sign me up, baby. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we'll hit you up in October. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. In all seriousness, the book is going to be out sometime around end of June. Please check the show notes. We'll have the very latest details in there. Please follow these amazing women on social media and become part of the sparkle movement. This is what we need is real conversations that we're not afraid of having. It's important for us to talk about how motherhood, the unsupported motherhood, depletes us and depletes our sparkles. So thank you both so much. I'm incredibly inspired by what you're both doing and I hope this book goes far and wide. Thank you so much. And thank Thank you you for the change you've made in our lives. Thank you for everything that you do. Right. It's all of us. It's a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Satellites joining together, right? Yeah. Mary, I'll just share this with you before we finish. When I was um, breastfeeding my baby and finding it incredibly lonely, I remember thinking, I'm in my house mm-hmm. doing this and probably somewhere two streets away there's another mum doing this at 2am. Mm-hmm. And then I'd sort of 
zoom up above my suburb and see these little houses and then up above the city and above the country and above the world and it was an incredibly comforting Mm -hmm. thing that I did many many years ago when I felt so isolated so I feel that in our own way that's what we're all doing we're connecting all of these homes all of these satellites all of these women and realizing we're not alone we get to prioritize ourselves and come together and dance in our kitchen and wear our sparkly t-shirts when we need so thank Thank you both thank you amy thank you i love how much the experience of matrescence and the challenges we go through can spark so many different awakenings so many different experiences and in this case a brand new children's book Please have a look in the show notes for when this divine book is released and join me and everybody else in sharing it with the world and finding our own way to really find our sparkle again. Until next week, thank you for being here and sharing this experience with me. Satnam. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion apply. See site for details.